five, four, three, two. You know, there's a probability of about 100% that you suck at something, and that's okay. Today, we're going to talk about the subtle art of sucking less. I guess it was around 2003, 2004, 2005, somewhere in there, right? Early Would have been early 2005, that I had this younger diver that was doing some work with me. And we'll call him Howard. And Howard was a decent diver. He was working towards his dive master. He really wanted to be an instructor, but he had, you know, low on the discipline. He didn't keep his gear in good shape. He would do things. Now, this is in the early days, early, early days of integrated weight systems, right? I think we started playing around with integrated weight systems, or at least I did, somewhere around 98, 99, somewhere in that time frame. But he would keep weights inside the zipper pockets instead of the integrated weight pockets, like they're supposed to be. When I would have him come out and work with me in a class, his demonstration skills were, were mediocre, and a lot of times I would demo something and he would demo something completely different or it would just be a yard sale. I mean, just, it looked horrible. He wasn't ever on time. I mean, very seldom did, did he make it on time to a dive site. He'd be late to a class. I'd be in the middle of teaching a class and he would show up and getting his gear ready and not being subtle about it. It was just, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, he would forget something back out in his, you know, in his truck and he'd complain about that and have to go back out. I remember at one point, and I don't even know why I was this patient, but I remember at one point, uh, we got out to a dive site, and I, I can't remember if we were at Canyon Lake or if we're at Bernie Lake. I think it was, it was actually Canyon Lake, just north of San Antonio, Texas. And we were seeding the area, which means that you put things out there for people to go look for. And that's something we do in, in Neptune Warrior a lot on our Thursday night dives, is we've got things that they'll go... You know, we'll hide things, cars or plates or whatever, right? We've got different activities that we do. And part of his job on that dive was to help me set up the area. And he forgot his bug bag. He forgot he forgot the bag that he's going to put all the stuff in so we could go out and we could see the wrecks. And, you know, maybe if we're doing search and, and recovery drills, he would bring a finger reel. Uh, there was one time he forgot his BCD and it was just, it was, it was always just a mess. And I'm pretty sure that if you're listening to this podcast, that you aren't quite at that level, but maybe there might be one or two things in this that maybe, maybe it does resonate with you, or at least you've been around that dive buddy that resonates with you. And maybe your skills are not up to 100%. And, and that's fine. The, the, the biggest thing, and what I did is I sat down with Howard. At the time, I had a I had a Ford F-150. We sat back there on the tailgate. And I said, look, dude, there's, there's 10 things 
10 things that you need to do that really don't take any effort. Now, by the way, I'm not going to share... These are not the 10. I'm going to I'm going to save these 10 things for another podcast, but I at least want to set the story up with how it was going with Howard. I said, "Look, dude, there's 10 things that I was taught in my military career that made me a better troop, made me a better airman, made me a better, you know, made me better uh, deployment buddy." And it doesn't even require any talent, but these 10 things, Howard, dude, these 10 things will get you closer to being ready to be a dive master. And they're the 10 things that don't take any effort at all. Now, I'm going to share with you in the podcast the things that do take some effort. But again, I just want to set this up. And, and here's the 10 things. First of all, brother, you you got to be on time. In fact, you need to be there. As, as someone who is striving to become a dive master, and you're going to be working with instructors or other dive masters. You're going to be setting up dive sites. You need to be there before the instructor. But as a bare minimum, takes no talent at all. Be on time to the dive site. You got to be on time. You got to bring high energy. You got to be excited about the dive. You got to be passionate about the dive. Bring some energy with you. Make an effort. Even if you don't know what's going on, ask jump in if you see somebody unloading water bottles if you see someone unloading dive gear make an effort right have that positive attitude goes along with that high energy have a positive attitude towards the dive yeah it might be hot that day and we dealt with a lot of really hot days we dealt with windy days we dealt with days where where weather was moving in but have a positive attitude be passionate about diving you are an ambassador for diving be passionate about it. Have positive body language. Do the extra things. Stay after. Help help release dive flags and bring them back in. Have a solid work ethic. And you know th- those those are the things, not nine or ten things that that I walked them through, that take no talent at all, and that immediately puts you on the path to sucking less. I would like to say that Howard was a success story, and he wasn't. The last time I checked, he probably has not picked up dive gear in 12 or 15 years. I mean, I would love to come to you and say, yep, he was he was a success story in, in coaching. But what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do in this podcast is I'm going to show you things that he didn't do. That if you take these up, it is going to help you become a better diver. And there are skills that you can, and competencies that you can transfer back into your daily life. But focusing on diving, these are the things that are going to make you a better diver. You're going to have a better outlook on diving. And it it doesn't matter if it's because you can't do helicopter turns or you've got bad buoyancy or if you are an instructor candidate or a dive master candidate and you can't demonstrate something well. Maybe you're, you're that instructor that's that, that you're getting burned out or a diver that's getting burned out. Or you're that diver that only dives a couple of times a year, but you want to get better for, for that next trip. These are the areas that are going to help you become a better diver, no matter what level that you're at. And when I'm doing coaching, these are these are the skills that I that I coach, or not the skills, but this is the the menu that I coach from. So number one, decide that you want to be better. 
That's step one. Decide that you want to be better. The, the willingness to want to improve has to outweigh the desire to stay the same. So you identify the areas that you want to improve on. Is it skills? Is it something simple like what Howard is dealing with, being on time? Is it doing better at journaling? I hear divers, especially in our master scuba diver program, oh, man, I haven't journaled in a long time. Decide you want to be better. Start journaling. Maybe it's networking. Finding other divers. Finding dive shops that you want to work with. Finding other skills that you want to do. But identify areas that, that you want to improve. And that's just a few examples. As you're doing that, set realistic goals. Now, I use a couple of different methodologies depending on the diver that I'm coaching. And I'll either use the GROW model or I'll use SMART goals. And a lot of times I'll use them interchangeably or let them dovetail into each other. But if you've never heard of SMART goals, it's being very specific about your goal, making sure it's measurable, making sure that it's achievable, making sure that it's realistic and time-bound. So for setting goals, what is the specific goal? My goal is to be on time to the dive site for the next four weeks. How do you measure it? You measure it that if I'm supposed to be on the dive site at 6 o'clock and I'm there at 5.58, then I'm on time. Is it something that's achievable? Well, if you don't get off work until 5.30 in the afternoon and it's a 45-minute drive, it's not achievable. But if it's something that you can control and it is achievable, let's say that you want to be on the dive site by 6 p.m., you get off work at 5.30 and it's a 20-minute drive, that means that you need to get done with work at the time to get out of there. Your vehicle's already gassed up. You've already got your, your meal packed for that night. That makes it achievable. Is it realistic? Again, if you have to drive all the way across town or drive up in the mountains to get to the dive site and it's not realistic to make it there, then it should not even be part of your goal. And then time-bound. Notice that in this example, I said in the next four weeks, so you measure out that four weeks. So I've had other examples of this. Three other people that I've coached, Shannon, she, you know, she wanted to be a cave diver. She had read a lot about cave diving. She's seen some shows on it, even in, and then especially this last year after watching the rescue about the the soccer team that was trapped in a cave. She really wants to become a cave diver. Her current status is she is a master scuba diver. And so we just have to look at the steps to take. And we'll take those steps and using the smart, uh, you know, using smart goals or using the GROW model. Now, by the way, the GROW model is you look at what your, uh, what your goal is. Is it realistic? What are the obstacles and options? And then what's the path forward or the way forward as the model would, would dictate? So you take someone like Shannon. She is currently a master scuba diver. Her goal is that she wants to dive caves in Florida. So what's the reality of that? The reality is she's a very good diver. She's a very competent diver. She already understands a lot of the technical skills that go along with it. She's got amazing buoyancy. She can do frog kicking and helicopter turns. She understands gas management. So what are the obstacles or what are, what are the options? 
Well, a couple of the options are if you want to cave dive in Florida, you need to go down and sign up for a cave course in Florida. That's an option. Another option is that she can do additional tech training with a tech instructor currently either in Utah or Nevada right now. What are the obstacles? Well, the obstacles might be that she can't get off work. So how do you overcome those obstacles? One of the things I do as a coach is we work together to identify what the obstacles are and then what is my coach E? How are they going to negate those obstacles and look for other options? And then what's the path for? What's the way for? What are the steps that you need to take in order to become a cave diver? Tom, he wants to dive in Hawaii with his family in 2023. He's a new diver. He's never been in the water. So what's the goal? The goal is to get certified. What's the reality? Reality is that he can do that with me. And not only can he do his open water, but he can also do his advanced and get a lot of dives in. What are his obstacles? Well, right now, it's a financial obligation. So the options are he either does it with me in private lessons, gets his gear, or he goes through a shop to do it. He's decided he wants to do it with me. So what are the obstacles and the options to doing it with me? So lining those out, and it was the path forward. And then finally, Denise, she wants to go dive up in the Arctic of all places. Right now, she's going through open water, finishing up her, her open water so what does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to have to get her some cold water experience. She's going to have to get certified on dry suit. She's going to have to get comfortable and competent with dry suit gloves, hood, maybe a full face mask. So it, it's, it's a matter of deciding and setting up those, those goals, deciding that, that you want to do better. The second one, take responsibility for improving it's up to you it doesn't belong to me as the coach it doesn't belong to me if I'm your instructor it doesn't belong to your dive buddy if you want to improve it is up to you and like I said before only when the desire to change outweighs the desire to stay the same will you invest in it but it, it's and it the responsibility is for you to make sure that you are at dive lessons, that you're reaching out for coaching, that you're doing more diving, that you're putting yourself into situations or asking me to put in situations where you're gonna where you're gonna have improvement. If you want to improve your buoyancy, if you want to improve gas management, reach out, be responsible for your own improvement. If that means that you have to hire a coach, if that means that you need to go take another class, if that means that you need more dive time, if that means that you need to you know, get different gear, upgrade your gear, it is your responsibility for doing that improving. Most dive improvements can be solved with one of two methodologies. Most dive problems can be solved with one, one of two methodologies. It's either additional training and experience or it's equipment. Most issues in diving, that's how, that's how they're solved, is improving your gear or getting, getting instruction, getting coaching, getting feedback. Number three, find someone who is equally invested in your improvement. 
That can be a dive buddy. That can be a class. Or in the cases that I work, it's with a dive coach. See, as, as a dive coach, my goal is to help you improve. If you are, if you're taking responsibility for improving and you need to find someone who is equally invested, a coach is equally invested. They're financially invested. You're financially invested. But my goal as a, as a coach and as an instructor is to help you get better. I don't really, I don't get paid and I don't get, you know, I don't, I don't get my feel goods unless I see you improve. When I have a diver that comes and says, hey, I'm a three and they're doing a advanced course with me or they're doing a rescue course with me or they're doing master scuba diver, whatever it is, and they're a three, you know, I don't feel good until I get them past that, way past that three, like at least up to a seven, maybe an eight or a nine. That It might come in the form of a dive buddy. It might come in form of, of a class. But find someone who is equally invested in your improvement. Number four, be ready to learn. Be ready to learn. Be open to feedback. It's what I call the ABCs. Always be coachable. So going back to the story with Howard, that was Howard's main problem was Howard wasn't coachable. Matter of fact, Howard on a couple of different occasions got not only himself into trouble but got his dive buddy in trouble because of either inattention to equipment or inattention to techniques and skills. And I had several stories come back. I don't say several, like not like a lot. I had two, three, maybe four stories come back. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe what Howard did on this trip. And when, we, when you would try to do the feedback, it's like, oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I got it, I know. But he didn't. And sooner or later, what happened was people either didn't want to dive with him or he would get frustrated with his techniques or he would think that there was components of the system that were complete BS. Howard doesn't dive anymore. And as I look over his Facebook profile, there's not a lot of things. I mean, that, 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 that unfortunately has made a mark on other parts of his life because as I look through his postings and some of the feedback, that problem still persists. He didn't learn it in diving. And what he did get out of diving has a direct correlation to the way he's running the rest of his life. Always be coachable. ABC. Be ready to learn. Be open to that feedback. And be coachable. In feedback, I've mentioned it in a couple of podcasts. In fact, I even mentioned it in the last one. People always... Uh, or I'm sorry. People always... <laughs> I'm getting mixed up here. People often interrupt people, so stop flapping. All right? So purpose, observation, impact. And pausing for a response. That's how you start that model out. Hey, Howard. Dude, I need to talk to you about being on time for the dives. What I've observed is that in the past four events that we've had, you haven't been on time. And that means I'm having to pick up your slack doing your work. It also makes you look like you're not ready to dive. 
and that affects the other divers. And you pause for a reaction. Unfortunately, Howard's was like, I know, I got it. I'll get better. I know. No, it's okay. It's fine. And that carries over. If you can't learn it in diving, it carries over to other parts into, into other parts of your life. So always be coachable. Be open to feedback. People don't give feedback unless they really, really care. And the thing is, if you shut them down, providing feedback, honest, good feedback, they're going to stop because they're not going to care anymore. They're not going to be invested in you improving. They're not going to dive with you. So be ready to learn. Be ready when someone wants to show you a new technique. Be ready when someone wants to help you, uh, you know, improve a skill or show you how to put something together or try a new piece of equipment. Number five, try something new. Challenge yourself. Try new tactics out. If you've never been night diving, get with somebody, get with a coach, get with an instructor, take a class. Do a specialty on night diving. Now, in, in the advanced course, you have that option or there is there is the option of doing a low visibility dive or doing a night dive. In a lot of areas, because of summertime and access, you wind up doing a low vis dive. But that's an advanced course. You do it once. Most oftentimes, you do it once. If you're with me, you'll do a couple of low vis. You'll do you know do a couple of night dives, that kind of stuff with, with your advance. But look at doing specialties. Specialties are great for cards and tabs and things like that. But what it does is it allows you an opportunity to be with somebody who is knowledgeable about that area and try it out with guidance rather than just going out and doing a night dive on your own. Or if it's doing free diving or spearfishing, whatever it happens to be, right? Try new tactics. Try new things. Take a navigation course. Take a free diving course. Take a spearfishing course. All those things are new and they challenge yourself. When we're doing the, our Badass Diver, Badass Diver is written not just to, to be bragging rights about all the cool stuff you've done. It is a journey. It shows you different things that you can be involved in in diving. It makes you more of a holistic diver. It gives you different opportunities, different experiences. Yeah, sure, it's great. You you know, you get you get your badass diver tab and you know, you get those bragging rights. It's a very low percentage of people who get that in Neptune. But what it does is it it, it really makes you more of a holistic diver because you've had opportunities to do lots of different specialties and use different types of equipment, go to different places. Try something new. Challenge yourself. New tactics, night diving, free diving, spearfishing, navigation, uh, DPV, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Try out new techniques. Dry, you know, dry suit diving, uh, doing side mount, maybe new equipment like DPVs or metal detecting, new locations. If you're that diver, you dive the same place or you dive on... on you know, you dive Caribbean trips only, right? Bonaire's your place. Cozumel's your place. And that's the only place to go. Go try some lakes and ponds. Try diving with some local divers who are using 
different types of equipment, different types of gear, doing different types of dive dives that you're doing. Make things challenging. Because that's, all that's going to do is that's going to improve your other skills. Our underwater, I'm sorry, our ultimate dive challenge nights that we do are excellent for challenging yourself because you're going to do eight to ten things you've, that you've never really thought about doing in the water. And it pushes you, it challenges you, it gives you confidence. You build new skills, you get new ways of looking at problem solving. The last one. In the subtle art of learning to suck less, you got to give yourself some grace. It's okay to not be an expert in everything. When you do that, it takes the joy out of diving. I've got divers I've been working with since 1994, and they think that you know if they're a dive master, if they're an instructor, if they're a master scuba diver, if they're a new diver. Everything has to be perfect. And not only that, it has to be perfect the first time. If you continue doing that, you will take the joy out of diving. It will be a chore. You don't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, perfection kills the journey. Because once you're perfect, there's really no room to grow and improve. Again, realize that there are areas of diving that the probability of you sucking is 100%, and that is okay. But get out there. Number one, again, make, make the decision that you want to be better. Take responsibility for improving. Find somebody who is equally invested in your improvement. Be ready to learn. Try something new to challenge yourself. And again, give yourself some grace. Man, this is an awesome adventure. The ability to go underwater and explore and see things that most of the population has never experienced is one of the most incredible opportunities we can ever have in our life. And all those lessons transfer back into our daily lives. Everything I've talked about here, whether it's at work, it's in your relationships, it's in your marriage, it's with uh, dealing with your kids, dealing with your neighbors, dealing with other hobbies, other sports, other interests. Everything that I've mentioned in this transfers back to improving not only yourself as a diver, but transfers back into your daily life. So again, I encourage you to get out there, try to find ways to improve, find ways to challenge yourself, find, you know, find something, you know, a cohort, find somebody who actually cares to help you improve and you'll be on your way. And again, give yourself some grace. It's okay not to be an expert in everything and don't kill that journey. Remember, as long as you've got air, you're all right.